Hey everybody, this is Bonnie Provincial for another episode of the Proven Progress Podcast. I hope you guys are all having a great day so far. On this episode, I wanted to just share a little story with you guys. Um, this is about kind of when I was going through my rut and my tough, my rough patch, and uh, something that I realized with kind of the way that I was treating my oldest son, and it, this the story kind of will help help with this concept that I I learned in somebody saying that the more that you can kind of step away from who you are and almost almost just step back and look at your life as though you're kind of like a higher person looking at everything that you're doing from a different person's perspective if you can do that and the more often you can do that the more that you can pull yourself your current self up towards your higher self so your higher self is basically who you want to become you know that like I wanted I wanted to become a more patient parent I wanted to become a more playful parent that's less grumpy and stressed out and I really was doing a lot of thinking on how I was going to do that and and doing a lot of other learning and uh, with Jordan I used a lot of different tactics to motivate him over the years because when I first kind of came into his life he was two and a half years old and a really cute little guy but he struggled a lot he he I mean all kids are different for sure but I even compare compare him to our twins that are now five so I got to see and, and that's what helped too right like I saw some other children when, when you only are only around your own children, you don't really understand how children are and how they can be. So you really kind of write everything off as normal. But um, with Jordan, when he was really young, he always struggled with being sick a lot. He was tired a lot. He would nap for like two hours a day, and then he would still go to bed really early. He always woke up really early in the morning, but Um, He was really kind of just tired a lot, and he didn't have a lot of energy to play and go do things or try new things, and we later found out when he was four that um, he's lactose intolerant and really had, he had a really sensitive stomach to a lot of different things, and this essentially was breaking down his immune system, so making him tired, he was sick quite often, and I always really kind of gave my wife a hard time for babying him and I I would always try to you know get him out doing stuff like trying to teach him how to ride his bike or I wanted to take him sledding or swimming just anything you name it like come down the water slide with me like because I was young like I was I was 23 years old like I was still really young and and I had that playful energy and and I was just as excited to go down the water slide, and I just couldn't believe that that he didn't want to do it. And I always had this idea of, you know, when I become a parent, I'm going to do this with my kids. I'm going to do this with my kids, and I'm going to take them here and take them there. I'm going to take them on roller coasters and just do all these crazy fun things that I loved doing as a kid. I loved doing them. That doesn't mean that everybody loves doing them. Um, so, yeah, I... I always really just kind of gave him a hard time and I would I would kind of push him and call him a baby or call him a whiner or don't cry so much why are you always so tired why are you always so whiny 
how come you always got to complain? Well, over time, <laughs> as everything kind of plays out and you look back at that, it's like, well, he was allergic to like everything we were feeding him. So that's why he was always tired and he was complaining because he was tired and his body was so busy fighting off all these things that he was eating that he, he didn't really have energy for life. And just by per, his personality and his nature, he's not quite as like energetic and outgoing as I am. And he doesn't get great thrill out of riding a roller coaster or sledding down a really steep hill. That stuff really freaks him out. So he doesn't like doing it. And so I would always really push him to do that. Uh, and then I was reading this book. Well, I was really struggling. And it, I was trying to get to this point where I was going to kind of become a better person and be a better person. And I had heard that concept of the more you can, you know, detach yourself from who you are and look at really like look at who you are and be able to to reflect on exactly who you are, like who are, who is the person you're being, and then you have a choice. You have the choice if that's the person you want to be, or you can make a choice to be somebody else. And so, quite frankly, as I was looking at how I was parenting him, and in a lot of situations, how I was parenting all four of my children, um, it was, it was definitely through a lot of like shame-driven motivation. And, and so when, you know, I'm listening to these podcasts, and I'm learning these things, I'm like realizing how incredibly awful that is for a child's self-esteem. And so, especially Jordan, as he's grown uh, older, he's 11 now, and he doesn't have a whole lot of confidence. He has his, he has his things that he's really good at. Like he's absolutely amazing artist. He loves drawing, but then in other parts of his life, he just doesn't really bring um, the same sense of, I can figure this out, like, I can get this, and I don't think that that puts him behind in the generation of kids that we're raising, I don't, I don't think that he's behind even um, in our oldest daughter, Alex, at 14, she has her things that she's really good at and confident about, but then other things that that should appear simple. Um, she doesn't have the confidence to just be able to, to do them. And so I really took this step back and was viewing myself as how I, of how I was being a, as a parent. And I was learning a lot about shame and how society uses shame to motivate people and how incredibly detrimental shame can be for somebody's just emotional well-being and their overall self-worth and their confidence to do anything. And I was just like, I had this just realization of, wow, like that, like that is what I did. Like that is exactly what I did. And the reason why I did it is because I am incredibly motivated by shame. I am one of those people where if you tell me that I'm going to fail at something, I'm like, okay, here I go to prove you wrong. <laughs> and if I'm, no, you can't do that because you're a girl or because you're too small or because you're not smart enough or you're not strong enough, anything, I will almost kill myself to prove them wrong so that I don't have to feel the shame, right? It's like I had this, my defense mechanism, my whole family has a very long line of defense mechanisms to avoid emotional pain, like literally 
if any of you guys knew my grandmother, <laughs> you would know that we just do. Like, we, our family will do anything we possibly can to avoid emotional pain. In the sense of, like, we will just ignore things like they've never happened. We will look the other way. We will just drop it, forget about it. Like, for, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And I also found out that that's not really healthy. So that helped me realize that I, that I was doing it. And so my way, my way of never feeling pain, emotional pain, or never feeling shame was just to prove people wrong. And so when I started raising my kids, I thought that I, I expected them to be motivated by shame. So when I was trying to teach Jordan to ride his bike, and I pointed across the street and said, look, that little girl can do it. And she's only three. You know, like, look, oh, that little girl can do it. How come you can't do it? Or, oh, well, so-and-so did this. How come you can't do that? Look, this is so fun. Alex is having fun sledding. Like, everybody's enjoying it. How come you can't do that? And and I would be pushing him and pushing him and pushing him in, in these comparisons in his life, comparing him to every other kid in the neighborhood, literally. And I realized just how incredibly detrimental that has been for him in the sense of his confidence because for me I internalized it and was like okay yeah like you're wrong I'm gonna do it but for him while he was so young like absolutely he just said okay yeah you're right I can't even do it look at like I must be worthless because that girl across the street she's only three and I'm five and she can ride her bike and I can't and so what this forced him to do is is to really just, like, not try anything. Because, like, he was going to fail anyways. Like, he wasn't going to be brave enough to do it anyways. And, he like, it was just kind of his own defense mechanisms to just withdraw completely. And just, it was kind of this out. Like, I don't have to... Like, he, he just realized, like, I'm, I'm never going to be able to do this. Like, I'm, I'm scared. It's not what I want to do. Like, and so, basically, I created, like, I was wanting so bad for him to just, you know, go down the slide, ride your bike, like, come, come have fun with us, that I just overdid it to this point where I just made him feel totally worthless, like, he he couldn't even fit in with our family because we were off doing all these fun things and he just he just didn't fit in with us and didn't want to do it which is really when i look back on it it makes me quite sad that i've done that um but i think that you know and the, and the thing that's really important is that i've told him i've told him this like i've i have apologized to him for this and that's something that I never would have done either. You know, two years ago, if, if somebody would have came to me and said, Bonnie, did you realize that you're doing this and how wrong it is? I might have been able to say, mm, yeah, no, maybe that might be somebody's opinion. Like first, I would try to pretend that I was right. I would pretend to not hear them. And then secondly, even if I accepted it as right, I would never have been able to, I would never have been able to admit to an 11 year old that I was wrong and and go and apologize because I had this huge ego I had this huge amount of pride in you're just going to listen to what I say because I'm your parent and you're going to do what I say because I'm an adult and you're going to respect me because I'm an adult 
but I was not modeling to him what respect even looked like because I wasn't even respecting who he was as a person. And so I did go back, like I did apologize to him and we had this big conversation about it. And I just said, I just looked at him and I said, I want to talk to you because there's, I've been learning a lot. I've been reading these books and I've been learning a lot about, you know, human psychology and this and that. And, and I want you to realize that I was really wrong. And I just told him, I said, I was really wrong with a lot of the ways that I treated you. And, and at the time I thought it was right. And it wasn't. And I just told him, like, I need you to know that, like, you can really do anything you want. And the thing was, is I was trying to pressure him. I was trying to pressure him into doing something. Instead, inst instead, I was so focused on the task that, like, go down, go down the hill, go down the hill, like, how come you're being a baby, how come you're scared, don't be scared, instead of giving him the tools and giving him some ideas on how to overcome his fears and overcome his insecurity so that he could have fun when he chose to, because the tactic I was using just ma totally made him shut down, right, it was just, it was just the opposite of what he needed, and so, this idea of being able to look at what you're doing and look at who you're being, whether that's as a parent, whether that's as a spouse, whether that's as an employee, as a friend, as a daughter, as anything, whatever relationship you guys are kind of struggling with, even if it's the relationship with yourself, okay? And what I mean by that is a lot of times we might have some trust issues with something, or we can't forgive somebody for something. And we go, we kind of go through this, this time of being really angry with a lot of different people because of the things that they've done to us, or the, the things that they didn't do for us that we were expecting. And we go through those phases of blame and kind of victimization when the issue a lot of times is an internal issue with the relationship that we have with ourselves and our inabilities to trust our own self. And we're, we're mad at our own self for the things that we didn't do for our own self. Like we're mad for not staying on that diet or we're mad for not applying for that job or not saying what we should have said in that board meeting or for we're mad at ourselves for lashing out at the kids and we shouldn't have and we're mad at ourselves for turning into our parents like we always said we wouldn't do and and all these things and there and we project that onto other people and we tell them how we can't forgive them and that they broke our trust and things like that and really we really need to look at the relationship that we have with ourselves and we also need to look at who we want to become. And once we can figure out how we want to be and who we want to be, we can take that ideal version of ourself and put that person, put that ideal person standing on the sidewalk across from you, looking at you and giving you advice and saying, what are you doing? Why are you, if, if you want to be patient with your family, if you want to be playful with your kids, if you want to be, if you want to have integrity 
And in t- and for me, integrity meaning not just honest, but whole. Like the, the meaning of integrity comes from the word integer, as in a whole number, a whole being. That's a really important word to me. I want to have integrity. I want to be playful with my kids. I want to be passionate about everything that I do. And I want to bring joy to my family. And so I, I took myself and I looked across at who I was being and how I was being. And it just, those two things didn't line up. And eventually I said, okay, like where, where does this stop? Like wh- there's got to be an end to this old person that I'm going to leave behind. And so that I can transform into this person that I want to be like that. If this is the person I was going to want to be, what am I going to have to stop doing? Okay. Well, I'm going to have to stop shaming my kids for one, right? I'm going to have to come home full of joy to see them. Okay. I'm going to have to be really honest with myself and maybe even build some trust with myself. I'm going to have to forgive people for things that they didn't even do that I'm just resenting them for. Those were all things that I had to do in order to transform into the person that I needed to be. The person that I needed to be for my family, that I needed to be for even just myself. The person that I wanted to be. So that's kind of my challenge for you guys today. It's kind of a big one. And a lot of times, like, for the most of you, you might not have even ever thought about who you wanted to be. You just, and that's the thing. If we don't put any thought at all into who we want to be and how we want to be, we'll never become them. We'll just, our, our auto programming of our brain that, that was given to us by our parents, by our peers, by our teachers, by our grandparents, all the people around us, by our friends now, like that, that's the person that you will become. You will just flow through life being the person that, that society shaped you to be. And you will wake up one day and be incredibly unhappy with who you turned out to be because you don't even recognize yourself anymore. I know that can be a hard one for you guys. Because a lot of times it's really hard for us to kind of reflect on who we want to be, what we want, all of those things, because we haven't thought about them before. So if you're struggling with this, I do offer coaching, so get in touch with me. You can visit my website at bonnieprovincial.com, or you can email me at info at bonnie, B-O-N-N-I-E, and provincial is spelled the word proven, C-A-L. P-R-O-V-E-N-C-A-L dot com. So you guys can also always look me up on Facebook, Proven Progress, or on Instagram, Proven underscore Progress. And I look forward to you guys listening to the next one. I hope you make the rest of your day great.